Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. So match day 5 of the UEFA Champions League came to an end yesterday and we have 11 teams already registering their place in the round of 16 of the Champions League. We had some very big games to look forward to as in England we had two big heavyweight clashes as Manchester City took on Paris Saint-Germain at the Etihad Stadium and Chelsea welcomed Juventus at the Stamford Bridge. We had some very big games in Spain as well as we had Manchester United travel Travelling away to Villarreal and Atletico Madrid taking on Milan in the Wanda Metropolitano. We had a huge game from Portugal as well as Sporting Club de Portugal took on Borussia Dortmund in Lisbon. But today we start in the new camp in Barcelona where Xavi Hernandez managed his first game in the Champions League in a big, big tie against Benfica. So this game had a lot at stake for Barcelona and even for Benfica because uh, this game would have just determined who would go through to the round of 16 if there would have been a result other than a draw. But this game ended in a draw and I think in a way it is a fair result for Barcelona and for Benfica. Uh, some might argue that Benfica should have won it and I think as well. I think uh, Nicolas Otamendi was very unlucky to have his goal disallowed because the ball went out of play from that corner which was taken. Uh, I think uh, there was a huge chance for the centre-forward from Ukraine, Yaremchuk, who headed it straight to the feet of Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. I think that was the corner which led to that disallowed goal from Nicolas Otamendi. Uh, it was a huge chance for Harry Safarovic in the last 30 seconds of the game where it was 2-on-1 with, with Darwin Nunez and uh, Harry Safarovic against Gerard Piquet. And uh, I think... Uh, he did really well to get that ball over the body of Marc-Andre Ter Stegen and he just couldn't finish it. It was an open net, it was a disappointing finish and I don't think he will watch it again. But I think this was uh, there was a lot, of, lot at stake in this game uh, for Barcelona because given their financial situation, they're not in a very good place right now. Uh, they are really struggling in La Liga and if I'm... Honest enough, I would say that they, did, they didn't deserve to win against Espanyol at the weekend in La Liga as well. They were really poor. Uh, if you look at this game, they started off really well against Benfica, had a very good chance. Uh, Memphis Depay started off as a lone striker. I was very impressed with the use of Demir playing on that right-hand side. I thought Gavi had a fantastic game. Frankie de Jong did start really well, but he actually kind of faded towards the end. Uh, I thought uh, Benfica also, I think they had some absentees just like Barcelona had. Uh, if you look at some of the guys that were missing, they had Lucas Verasima who was missing. Darwin Nunez all, all, only came off as a substitute. Uh, they also didn't have uh, Harry Seferovic from the start of the game. Joao Mario had a very good game, but he was also under the cover of an injury. He was returning. Uh, if you look at Barcelona, they had some injury issues. They played with a back three. I think uh, Clement Longley and Gerard Piquet, they are really struggling with pace. Uh, Ronald Araujo, he did score, but it was offside. Again, I, I, I really think that Barcelona should have scored and so should have Benfica, but it ended in a nil-nil draw now which in a way favours Benfica more than Barcelona because now Barcelona have to go away to Munich on match day 6 and play Bayern Munich, which is not a very good task. I mean, in hindsight, you might always know that Borussia Mönchengladbach did really well against uh, Bayern Munich. All, I mean, they played uh, in Dusseldorf in that game, but they still managed to 
prevent Bayern from getting the win. Again, you know, Augsburg, not very long ago, played against Bayern Munich and they beat them. That was, again, away from the Allianz Arena. You also take a look at how Eintracht Frankfurt played against Bayern Munich. Uh, again, in that game, I think Kevin Trapp was kind of inhuman. He wasn't really... Uh, he wasn't really kind of seeming to be a guy from this planet. He was saving everything and they won 2-1 at the Allianz Arena. I don't think Barcelona would do even that. I really feel that it's going to take a huge, huge ask from uh, Xavi's men to go out there and to deliver something. This It was this game which had everything to give for, for Barcelona. Now that they are really struggling, and again, they have to put their money on uh, on Dinamo Kiev to go away to Portugal and actually deny a win to Benfica, which I think is going to be very difficult. I think Benfica played really well, even against Bayern Munich uh, in that game against in that game in Lisbon when Bayern visited uh, when Bayern visited Benfica. They played really well. They were very resistant enough. Uh, they didn't allow much to happen. Uh, in the reverse fixture, it was kind of end to end, and you always know that how brilliant Bayern are going forward. I don't think they have a lot defensively, but you know, going forward, they are very good. And Benfica did score in that game two goals, but they ate five goals themselves, so they couldn't help it. But now that they have drawn this game, it's a moral victory for Benfica as they go uh, to Port Lisbon in match day six, knowing that they have to only beat beat Dinamo Kiev by a goal to nil and that might be sufficient because due to the due to the uh, head-to-head between Barcelona and Benfica they both have they have a head-to-head of 3-0 which favors Benfica so I I really think Barcelona are out of it and uh, I feel a bit sorry for them you know I really like them to, <laughs> I would have really liked to see uh, Barcelona in the round of 16 it always is a very good joy even as a Real Madrid fan I'm not really happy but I think Barcelona have themselves to blame in this game because uh, if, if you if you analyze this game they, they they were very wasteful in front of goal I think uh, a lot has to also be given to the fact that Otamendi especially I mean Otamendi what has happened to him he's played so well for Argentina of late he's done really well in the Portuguese league for Benfica He's played really well for them, and I, I, I guess you know he's he's one of the rocks there for Argentina going into the 2022 World Cup, and they have already qualified. So uh, that's a uh, very good news for all those uh, South American Argentinian fans. Uh, but I, th- I think he had a tremendous game at the back, uh, didn't he, Nicolas Otamendi? Uh, uh, and I think uh, Jan Vertonghen as well, he was uh, really instrumental in getting the back line very much organised. Vlakidomos had a tremendous game. He made some really good saves, uh, saved one or two shots from uh, Memphis Depay. Uh, again, I think Barcelona should have scored. I think Memphis Depay should have had a goal. Uh, even Yusuf Demir, who hit the post, he hit the woodwork as well. Um, I think Jordi Alba had a really good game from that left-hand side and that was the only outlet from the wing until uh, Usman Dembele came on. I don't know how much fit he is. He didn't look that much fit. He did cause some troubles in the end because of his pace and that's the only uh, quality that he has. But in some cases, 
it is very, very important that some of your players do have pace to terrorise the opposition defence, and that's what he did coming on from that right-hand side, just coming in into space. But one thing that we all know is uh, he always is a kind of a showboater. He will always take one or two touches. He will try to dribble past three or four people. And in a way, that is uh, that is something which is kind of something that is letting him down quite a bit now. And I think I, I, I really feel sorry for him in that regard but again, you know, we have to say Barcelona, in a way, didn't deserve anything from this game. Um, Benfica, in a way, they will qualify if they do the job in, in Lisbon on match day six. I'm not really worried about them. But having said that, you know, stranger things have happened in football. Barcelona would actually, won't mind to give one or two players of theirs to uh, Dinamo Kiev if they had to. Uh, well, by the way, Dinamo Kiev on the... Uh, other hand played Bayern Munich who just uh, just couldn't help themselves it was a snowy game in Kiev it ended in a 2-1 victory for Bayern I think Kiev were really well in there you know Moin Manuel Neuer could have uh, really let one in there was a very good chance earlier in the game in the first half and it was 1-0 only for Bayern they, they they had a couple of chances here and there, eventually got a goal I think that goal from uh, Lewandowski was just brilliant you know and again, one of those reasons why he shouldn't get Ballon d'Or this season is just a week away. By the time the next podcast comes in, I guess the Ballon d'Or would be already out. Uh, but again, I think uh, Lewandowski has been just uh, just a class apart from everyone. Again, it's between him and uh, Messi, as it's been reported right now. Jorginho and Benzema are quite there and thereabouts. But I think uh, Lewandowski should win it. Again, if Messi wins it, I've got no problem with it. But again, I think uh, Lewandowski, he should win it. What a, what a goal that was. Earlier that same day, we had a big game at the Estadio de la Ceramica, which is the home of Villarreal, which saw Villarreal taking on Manchester United. It was a very good game in the end. It ended in a 2-0 victory for Manchester United. But I really think that... Uh, Villarreal should have got something out of this game. I really didn't think Villarreal would have won it, won it because they are really not playing well in La Liga themselves. They are 12th in the table, but one thing that they have is a clear identity. They know what they had to do. And I think uh, on the day, they will consider themselves really unlucky. I think David De Gea was clearly the difference between the two sides in the first half, because if he wouldn't have been there... It would have easily been 2 nothing for Villarreal. Uh, they did miss some of their key players. There was no uh, Gerard Moreno in the team. Samu Chikweze was just coming on. You know, Manu Trigueros did start the game. I thought Capu uh, and uh, Danny Parejo had a fantastic game in the middle of midfield. Raul Albiol and, uh, and, and Pau Torres had really very... I think I had really very minimum to actually worry about. Uh, I think that was just that one header from uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, which was straight at the goalkeeper, Ruli. Uh, but apart from that, I think uh, nothing, nothing actually troubled the defence. Uh, the midfield was so very good in that in, in that spell of, uh, what, 45 minutes that they had in the first half. Uh, even in the second half, they started really well. And I think the substitution made a huge uh, part, played a huge part in this game because as soon as Bruno Fernandes came on, 
he he did really make a difference for this team. I thought he was uh, really good with the ball at his feet. He tried to create some chances. Uh, they went up with a very different lineup, which had Martial up top. Ronaldo started on the uh, left-hand side, actually tucking in. Uh, Martial had uh, Donny van der Beek starting as his number 10. There was also Jaden Sancho playing from that right-hand side. So it was a very indifferent lineup coming into this game. And then uh, uh, the defence of Manchester United. Maguire, I think he looked really, really horrible in the first half. And even against Watford, I think he was... He, he had no idea what he was trying to do in the game. In the end, there was a mistake from Ruley. Uh, Kapu couldn't find his feet. It was a good tackle there. Good challenge in the end by Fred. He got the ball... Uh, and in the end, it was a uh, really uh, fantastic finish from Cristiano Ronaldo. He chipped the ball over the goalkeeper, and that that was that. I, I think he was uh, he he really had he really didn't have much to do. Marcus Rashford could have scored in the end, so could have Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, but in the end, Jadon Sancho got a goal, and it was two nil. And now they're reporting that Michael Carrick could be in charge for the game against Chelsea as well. And I think in a way that could be really stingy if you talk to me. But I really hope that that wouldn't be the final decision as it was with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. By the way, Solskjaer, he did have his highs, he did have his lows. But in the end, I think uh, the board did the right decision, made the right decision. And he was fired after that game against Watford. I think he should have been fired long back after that defeat to Liverpool. He shouldn't have been in the play. He shouldn't have been in the job for that game against Tottenham. Nor should have been in the job after that game against Man City, which was just an embarrassment. Uh, but again, we shouldn't be talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now. Uh, moving forward, I think they need to appoint the right manager. A lot of uh, reports coming out of Sky Sports and BBC and everyone everywhere else. It has been reported right now that Maurizio Pochettino is interested. I think he has really been talking about it for the last couple of years that he wants to manage Manchester United one day, that it's kind of is his dream. Uh, it's going to be a bit difficult right now because uh, Paris Saint-Germain also might need to find a new manager if uh, Pochettino wants to leave. Uh, maybe the right choice right now for PSG is... Uh, Zinedine Zidane. I don't know if he will be keen on getting this job as uh, the Qatar World Cup is uh, kind of just uh, a year away. And I think uh, till then, I think Zidane would have uh, would prefer, I think, to live in Madrid, enjoy the time with his family and then get on with the uh, France job, which I think will be vacated after uh, after Didier Deschamps is uh, has has uh, vacated his seat. But Again, I think uh, it's going to take a lot of time uh, to sort the situation out. Ralph Ragnick has said to be interested, but he's uh, kind of been interested in getting the role of director of football, which is not really a position Manchester United are keen on having. Uh, they do have Ed Woodward resigning from their position, from, from his position in, uh, in, a, in a day or two. Uh, in in a week or two right now so uh, you know that could be a possibility but I don't think that is going to happen maybe if Ralph Ragnick uh, gets onto that head of uh, head of football job uh, 
then he can actually be a manager in an interim manager till the end of the season can really steady the ship get them into the Champions League places uh, again uh, there's been reports of uh, Ernesto Valverde the former La Liga winner with Barcelona uh, being interested in the job maybe he can be the guy I really think at the moment if you wanted interim uh, I think they should go for someone like Laurent Blanc I really saw some very good things from him while he was at PSG. He was uh, the head coach of the French national team as well for some time. So I, th- I think he could be a really good choice. He is also a former Manchester United player. Uh, did play there for two or three seasons. Uh, he could be a really nice choice, but I will not really uh, bank my money on getting Maurizio Pochettino. Not actually in the mid-season. There have been reports, by the way, that he could be tempted to leave mid-season. I just think that uh, Pochettino, by the way, could be a really good manager for this United side. The he he might just play very attractive football with this uh, with this United side. But I just think that they would really want to have to steady the ship right now, which I don't think is the right decision. Anyways, I think they should appoint a manager right away. Pochettino is the obvious choice. Again, I think if uh, PSG want to go in some of the other way, they can also have Laurent Blanc. But again, if if you're Pochettino, I think you think with a calmer head, you say that I've got Neymar, Messi and Mbappe for this one season at least because Mbappe's Mbappe's contract is running out. Maybe he wants to play the season out with PSG and see if he can win the champion. He can win the Champions League. but, you know, Manchester United are not going to be calling on him for a lot of time now. He's already been called once, and that was back in 2018. He was kind of part of that process which led to the firing of Jose Mourinho. He had that fantastic win at Old Trafford with his first team, which thrashed them 3 nothing at Old Trafford back all those years ago. Then uh, he also waited until uh, Tottenham went into the Champions League final. Nothing materialised there. Now he's at PSG. He's just won the French League Cup and he's won the French Cup part, French version of the Community Shield, which is the Coupe de France. Uh, I, I really don't think that I, I really don't think that he's got the CV to do it, but we know that he can work really well with the uh, with the team that they have. I think Paris Saint Germain are kind of uh, a problem themselves. Uh, you know, a lot of political problem. Again, it's uh, it's Leonardo, the sporting director at Paris Saint Germain, who's really important he's really key on picking out the strings every now and then he's the guy who runs the show at PSG Uh, I really think that they can do well with Pochettino at the helm Manchester United Uh, I I really think if uh, Pochettino comes in Paris Saint-Germain have a problem so I I really don't buy this idea that Pochettino will come in mid-season maybe next season yeah not mid-season but I think that there is a very big decision to be made if you are from the Manchester United board. So if you look at the table right now, it is uh, quite set up for an exciting finish. Uh, Manchester United have already qualified. They will be playing in their in their home, in their backyard against Young Boys on match day six. So I don't think that there should be a problem in winning that game. Uh, there will also be... Uh, a very big game in a game where there will be a lot to play for between Villarreal and Atalanta in uh, in Bergamo. There will be a that that will be a fantastic game to watch out for. So I think uh, it th- there is a lot to play for. I think uh, Atalanta helped themselves with that really big win against uh, 
a really big goal from Luis Muriel at the very death uh, against uh, young boys in Bern. So I think uh, they, they will be uh, really content with their performance in uh, in Switzerland. Now they come to their home against a struggling Villarreal in the league. We'll have to see what happens, but this group is kind of throwing out the surprises for us. We move on to the capital of Spain in Madrid, where we had a huge game at the Vanda Metropolitano against Atletico Madrid and AC Milan. A very big game if you look at how things are shaping up in Group A of uh, the UEFA Champions League. We had a very, very uh, big goal in the end from Junior Messias, who's a Brazilian international, 30 years of age. He's on loan from Crotone and Milan. He's a player who used to actually deliver food items here and there not so long ago. At 25 years of age, he was in uh, he was in the fourth division. He used to play in the second division not so long ago in the Serie B, and now he's come on to Milan. He's uh, he's kind of a uh, right winger. You, he can play number of different positions uh, up top. It was a very good header in the end. Very good ball also from uh, Frank Kessier who. Uh, delivered that cross uh, for their header from Junior Messias. Uh, in the end, I was really disappointed by Atletico Madrid. I didn't think that they were in uh, good form coming into this game. They had a very, very nervy victory against uh, Osasuna at the weekend, where they just got over the line at Avanda Metropolitano with a header from Felipe. Uh, Milan, they did cause them problems. They should have been up a lot earlier. They did play really, really well. And I think they have deserved the reward for that. And now that the group is shaping up quite nicely, we have very, very good juicy ties coming up. If, uh, should I say, you know, Atletico Madrid taking on Porto at the Dragao. We have Milan playing against Liverpool at uh, the San Siro. So that should be a... Uh, cracker of a game. Milan had just one point from the, la from the first four games and now maybe they could qualify for the round of 16. Porto, I think they deserve a lot more from that game against Liverpool at Anfield. They were really, really good. Uh, I really think that Otavio should have scored a goal. So should have Luis Diaz. They had one or two chances uh, either way. Uh, Liverpool were clinical in their chances. By the way, what a goal from uh, Thiago Alcantara that really could finish that. That was just a rasping volley. He hit that so hard. There was no chance that uh, the goalkeeper was getting to it. Uh, again, I think Porto against Atletico Madrid, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really, really tight game. And especially because the game is in Portugal, it is going to be a hostile environment. By the way, the environment at the Vanda Metropolitana was also really hostile for Milan. But eventually they came out as winners. And now Porto are on five points, Milan are on four, and Atletico are also on four. Again, you know, Porto had that goal disallowed on match day one against Atletico in uh, Vanda Metropolitana. So they would be hard done by anything if uh, anything does not swing their way. I really think that Milan should go through. You know, Porto going through would also be a really good story because everyone in this group, including uh, Liverpool, should have would have thought that uh, Porto would be a very easy game. They made matters really, really hard for Atletico Madrid on match day one. They played really two very, very good games against Milan. They should have won the uh, last game in in the San Siro, but that wasn't the case to be. Uh, in the end, I think uh, this group is shaping up really nicely. If I had to put my money on someone, 
I think it's very, very difficult. I don't think uh, Milan are going to win that game at San Siro against Liverpool. I think Liverpool are just too hot for everyone. Uh, they're just hot, too hot, really too hot for everyone who plays them. Uh, they have blown away uh, everyone who's come their way. You look at the game against Arsenal at Anfield this weekend. That four goals, I mean, they, they just work like a machine. They have got some players missing as well. Henderson uh, didn't play this game. He didn't play in the weekend as well. Midas just have some niggle. Uh, you look at uh, the team that they've got, and I think they right now should actually uh, think on resting. They have got midweek fixtures coming up uh, uh, next week as well. They also will have some really good big games to play in the Premier League. So I think they should keep them fresh for the Premier League. Might as well rest them for the game at San Siro. Maybe that is the case for them. Uh, Porto against Atletico Madrid. I don't think there is going to be any sort of resting going on for that game. He's going to just uh, they're going to just run at each other whenever it's possible. I think it's going to be a really tight game for both of those teams. I see that going as a draw. I think Atletico nick a goal, and so I think Porto will. I think Luis Diaz has been in a tremendous run of form. Uh, so has been uh, some of the other guys. Mehdi Taremi hasn't really hit the heights of last season. Uh, the midfield of Sergio Oliveri and Matheus Uribe seems to be clicking again. That's uh, something that really will benefit for um, Porto. As for Atletico, they kind of play this uh, 3-5-2. They played Griezmann and Suarez combined up top yesterday. Uh, but that couldn't really work. Rodrigo de Paul has really been disappointing by his standards. I think he's a really good midfielder. He's got a lot to give, but he's just not found himself uh, the right space of mind, if you could say that. Tomo Lemar has been really good this season. Didn't actually pull his weight off late. They haven't really had those results coming their way. That game also at the Mestalla Stadium before the international break against Valencia. That didn't go to plan. Two late injury goals against Atletico Madrid. How often have we seen that? Uh, so, you know, it's it's going to be really difficult for Atletico Madrid to go away to the Dragao and get a result. But as far as Milan go, I really think that they can't really beat Liverpool, but I would see them getting a draw as well there. So that would see Porto and Liverpool go through from this group. Uh, that's what I feel. We stay in the Iberian Peninsula as we move down south to the capital of Portugal, which saw a big game from Group C between Sporting Club de Portugal and Borussia Dortmund in Lisbon. So uh, it was a very eventful game, a very big game for Sporting. One of their most uh, memorable nights in Europe, uh, in my opinion. They played really well. Pedro Gonçalves, the young boy from uh, Portugal, one of the star wonder kids right now. He was on the act again. He was one of the best players, I think, from Europe last season. He had, what well, bulks. He, he just scored in bulks last season. He's the guy who was chosen to replace uh, Bruno Fernandes in this team. He's played really well since he's got here. Uh, now, I think, is the time to actually show up for your team. And he, he, he played a fantastic game. He had so many chances. Could have had a hat-trick easily. I think Sebastian Coates at the back had a fantastic game. So uh, so good, I think, was Gonzalo Inacio. He did play really well. Uh, 
even uh, Zuhar Fedal, who is a Moroccan international, he played really well. So it's an ex experience and uh, youth mixed up there. You see Joao Palinha, who is one of uh, the regular players in the Portuguese lineup. Uh, these t uh, this term, he's he's also played really well. Pedro Porra getting a goal for himself. The second goal, by the way, from Pedro Gonçalves was really, really good. That brilliant strike. The first goal obviously comes out from that mistake from from Marin Pongracic. He just couldn't handle the ball, which is which is hit up top. Then it's a goal. It was a kind of a strange, strange lineup as well from. Marco Rosa, he went up for a 4-4-2 in a diamond where he had Royce sitting right in front of it. Uh, then Daniel Marlon and Julian Brandt would have attacked from the wide areas. It didn't actually work, played Rainier Jesus as well in that game. Uh, I, I really feel for Dortmund, they haven't been good enough lately. They have qualified for the Europa League, by the way. Sporting have qualified for the Champions League alongside Ajax, who had a tremendous game against Besiktas. Uh, at the Vodafone Arena in Turkey, they played uh, with again with with really good spirit. They've, uh, Sebastian Allaire getting the two goals, uh, kind of unlucky to get that penalty against them, uh, which was uh, in the end scored. It was one nil till half time, and then they actually changed up the screws, got two goals inside fifteen minutes, and that that was that bish bash posh. Uh, by the way, Sporting they have really deserved it. They, it doesn't really matter now what happens in the last match day in this group. Uh, Dortmund are always going to be third because of the head-to-head -head against Sporting. Even if they win and Sporting lose, they, they're not going to get into the Champions League. Let's be honest about it. Ajax are always going to get that first spot. So uh, it's actually kind of uh, writing on the wall for... For for this uh, for this group right now, there's nothing much to play for. But I think uh, uh, this game this game was really memorable. If you're a sporting fan, it was one of the uh, best games that w you would ever see in their lifetime in uh, in the Champions League. Uh, Pedro Gonçalves, as I said, should have had a hat trick. The first two goals coming in the first half. And then uh, he missed that penalty, of course, that was put away on the rebound by Pedro Porro. Uh, he also missed a very good chance. It was then squared up to Pablo Sarabia, who couldn't finish either. So he had his chances to get his hat-trick, but he couldn't. Uh, no one to blame there, but I, th I, think he, I think they played really well sporting. They uh, obviously deserved this goal. Uh, Daniel Marlon in the end scored. Uh, it was a very lucky goal anyways because uh, it was just flicked on by Marco Royce. I don't think he meant that. 3-1 uh, in the end looks quite respectable if you're Dortmund. You know, they haven't been really good. They were played completely out of the park by uh, Ajax. They were a bit unlucky in that second game in uh, in Germany where they shouldn't have had Matt Sommel sent off. He missed this game as well due to that same suspension. Uh, again, I think it's 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 a bit dif it's a bit disappointing now. They, they will go into the into the Europa League as one of the favourites. Uh, there's also going to be Leipzig there, but we'll talk about it, it in a minute. But I think it's 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 a bit disappointment disappointing if you are a die-hard Dortmund fan and if you love them. I, I know a lot of Dortmund fans. They're very good friends of mine. Uh, Erling Haaland, I feel sorry I feel sorry for him. Maybe he can leave uh, in the January transfer window itself. But again, I think he needs to be uh, respectful for Dortmund. He shouldn't be making that move in January itself. It would be really, really uh, embarrassing for a club like Dortmund at, uh, at this point in time. But, you know, that is what it is. Uh, 
Sporting, maybe they could actually uh, make an upset going into their round of 16. Who knows? So from the capital of Portugal, now we move on to the capital of England in London as we had a very big game in the Stamford Bridge between Juventus and Chelsea. It ended in a 4-0 victory for Chelsea. It was rather a very disappointing performance from Juventus. They were coming into this game with... Uh, with with kind of a motive to not lose this game because that would have uh, really put a stamp on the on the plate for their for for the destiny in the group they would have topped the group anyway so um, it was not going to be that uh, topsy turvy night for them uh, but in the end it was a four 0 victory for Chelsea nothing much to talk about in terms of the game which Chelsea played. Again, if uh, they had Timo Werner scoring in the end, which was kind of the icing on the cake, uh, they had a lot of absentees from this game. Ben Chilwell has been uh, is 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 said to be is said to be injured now with uh, with two months uh, in 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 question for for him. Now it's kind of a sad story for him. He's played so well. I think Marcus Alonso will deservedly take his place. Uh, there is a uh, very big uh, contention for. The back line as well as Trevor Chalobah has played really well, got that goal against Juventus now. They're really looking good for another successful season. Um, are they the favourites to win the Champions League? I think they're one of the favourites. They're along with uh, Bayern Munich, Man City and uh, Liverpool. They're one of the favourites to win the Champions League this season. Uh, I think the competition is quite close. They're not really better. I think the first eleven of Bayern Munich is kind of better than the first 11 of uh, Chelsea. I think the first 11 of uh, Liverpool is kind of better than the first 11 of Chelsea. And so is Man City. So I would keep them fourth in that pecking order if you, ha- if you ask to uh, really uh, or set the order for that four teams, which are the favourites for the Champions League. Paris Saint-Germain are nowhere close. Neither are Juventus. I thought Juventus could have drawn this game. They could have had an easy draw for the Champions League round of 16. Now they're in a position, maybe they'll get Bayern Munich, maybe they get Man City, maybe they get Liverpool. If they're a bit lucky, then they might get Ajax, they might get Manchester United, uh, maybe. So who who knows? So maybe they'll get Sevilla or Salzburg or, or even Lille. I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to actually predict right now. It's, uh, it, it's, it's very... It's very sad to see Juventus in 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 this uh, in this state right now. They they haven't been good lately. They have uh, leaked out goals even in the league. Uh, they had a very good game against Lazio in the uh, in the Serie A at the weekend. They won it by two goals to nil. Leo Bonucci scoring a penalty in each of the each of the halves. Um, again, I think it was uh, really well planned from them, but they haven't been playing well. They are mid-table right now, not pretty far away from uh, the top four spots. Uh, I th- they, they are on 21 points, so Lazio, so Fiorentina, Roma are just a point ahead, and four points ahead are Atalanta in the league. I really think that if they don't get in the Champions League, it's going to be a very big disappointment. I think Roma, they should get in the Champions League, so I can make a case for Atalanta as well. It's really hard to see someone between Inter, Milan and Napoli dropping points right now. Napoli, I think they're good to go and win the Scudetto this season. Victor Ozyman is a very big uh, loss for them, but you know who knows. Again, they lost to Spartak Moscow last night in Russia. 
by two goals to one. Uh, Eli Felmaz getting a goal in the second half, but that was not enough to uh, see them through in that very big night. Uh, again, they should go through in the Europa League as well, but who knows what is uh, what is there to be seen. But as for this game, it was uh, really well planned from Thomas Tuchel again. He... he p- Asked his team to play some really good brand of football. Reese James is kind of one of the best right backs in the world right now. He's playing right wing back, by the way, but he's one of the best right backs in the world. Uh, he he's he got that really good goal. You know, he could have got two if if it wasn't for Wojciech Szczesny to save one. Uh, Callum Hudson Odoi got his goal as well. But again, I think you need to ask questions from uh, Leo Bonucci and Matthias Delict and all other the players who were playing in there. Why? What was Ruben Loftus-Cheek doing so long in that opposition box? Timo Werner got his goal in the end. As I said, it was icing on the cake. Um, I think it was not very well planned from Max Allegri. You know, look at the lineup which was uh, asked to play. Vested McKenney, Rodrigo Bentancur, Manuel Locatelli and Adrian Habio playing all at the same time. It's not really the... Not really the lineup that you want to see. Kies and Morata very much isolated. By the way, they had hit, they had their moment. If uh, I guess if uh, Morata could have scored on that one where uh, Thiago Silva does a tremendous goal line clearance, it would have been a different story. Kiesa was quiet. Again, it was a quite isolated Kiesa at this point in time. You need the support. You need those link-up plays to actually see the best of Federico Kiesa. Uh, when he's uh, running at people, he's he's just a treat to watch out for. So uh, I would say, you know, Juventus, it's kind of it's kind of a hurdle. It was kind of a hurdle in there. They're, Chelsea are by far the best team that they have played played so far. They have won a game, they have lost a game, and that was at Stamford Bridge. So there's no shame, but lo- losing four 0 I think that is quite a problem right now. That's some issue, but I think Juventus. Their team, they have a very good manager. They have a manager who knows the league, who knows how to play in the Champions League really well in Max Allegri. They need to sort things out in the league as well. It will be very interesting. It it will be very interesting to see what happens going forward for Juventus. As far as for Chelsea, they have a really big game at the weekend as they will welcome Manchester United at the Stamford Bridge. Uh, we'll have to look at what happens there as well. So, you know, who knows what's uh, in store for us. From London to Manchester, where we had another big game between two royal owners. It was Paris Saint-Germain against Man City at the Etihad Stadium, which ended in a 2-1 victory for Man City. And now we can finally say that justice has been served. It was a very, very good game between these two sides. Manchester City could have won this game easily by five or six goals. They were so, so brilliant. And I think, again, Bernardo Silva, I think it's uh, it's been a discussion uh, in the Premier League. Is he's the best player uh, in the Premier League so far, I think he is. He, he 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 by far is the best player in the Premier League. There is no doubt about it. Riyad Mahrez had so much room on that left on that right hand side, left hand side of Paris Saint Germain's defense. The defense looked really hopeless. Uh, Kim Pembe got a goal line clearance in there. You know, really, it it was just hustle and bustle defensively. By the way, uh, Paris Saint Germain got a goal. You know. Against the run of play, in the uh, in in the in the start of the second half, but it was not enough. You know, Neymar and Messi were just shadows of themselves. They didn't play really well. Zinchenko played in the middle of midfield uh, for Man City. He was really very good. Rodri and Gundogan had their part to play as well. Sterling got his goal. Um, 
Ruben Diaz, John Stones didn't have much to do. Uh, Neymar should have uh, really been the guy uh, to score a goal, should have equalised it, but he wasn't there to be found. Carl Walker had his part to play as well, but it was a really, really good performance by Man City. He should have been there. He, he, they should have been beaten uh, Paris Saint-Germain. It could have been really a, a a terrible result for all the football fans around the world. Um, as far as for Maurizio Pochettino, he's got one eye on the job at uh, at Manchester United, one eye on this game. It's not always going to be that good for them. He's uh, coming back to uh, to Manchester after not very much long you know he's he he was at, he was at manchester at the start of may in that semi final where he played in that second leg it was uh, the it it was a very forgetful night you know it was just so that they couldn't really find anything uh at, to to trouble man city and so was the case today mbappe got a goal but apart from it, it i think I I, re I really do think that uh, Edison was not really tested. Uh, Paris Saint Germain, I think they haven't been really good in the league as well. You look at some of their performances. You look at that game against uh, Nantes at the weekend at the Parc des Princes. They were very very uh, fortunate to win it three one. It was a very very tough game. Uh, they shouldn't have won against Leipzig. They shouldn't have won against Lille uh, in that. Big game against Marseille. They drew. They shouldn't have beaten Leipzig uh, in that game in Paris. They shouldn't have beaten Angers. They lost against Rennes. It's been very, very unconvincing from Pochettino. And I think the screws that will really turn right now. They have a big game uh, uh, next midweek against Nice, which is going to be a very tough game. They will make it really tough, Nice, to play against them uh, their manager, Christophe Galtier, is a very, very good coach. He's won the league last season with Lille. Uh, they have got really good players uh, in, 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 their, in their lineup. You look at some of the experienced ones like Dante and Jean-Claire Todibo, who's, uh, who's a really good player. You look at someone like a Casper uh, Dolberg is there as well. So they, they've got really good players and they're going to make matters very tough for them. And again, they have got the big game uh, not very long against Monaco as well and then they've got in middle they've got a game against Lens they, they will finish uh, in the second place because I don't think uh, Leipzig are going to get anywhere, anywhere, anything from that game against uh, Manchester City in Germany it's going to be played behind closed doors by the way that game against uh, Club Brugge for Manchester for, for Leipzig ended in a 5-0 victory uh, Emil Forsberg netting a penalty and then scoring a goal at the uh, at the interval, just before the interval, and then uh, Andre Silva getting a goal for himself, Christopher Nkunku getting two goals for himself. He has just been a class apart, hasn't he? Christopher Nkunku, he's scored so many goals this season, so many goals. In Champions League, he's got seven goals and an assist. In the Bundesliga, he's got five goals and three assists. He's already been on a roll. He's uh, actually uh, scored now what? He's scored 13 goals and he's got five assists in all competitions before December's even kicked off. So that is uh, some stat there. But again, I think uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be very easy for them going into that game. They haven't really, uh, they, they haven't really been uh, convincing enough. I don't think Club Brugge will get a result against Paris Saint-Germain in Paris. It's going to be very difficult for both these teams. It could have been really difficult if Leipzig would have won that game against PSG 
in the uh, in 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 Germany they would have really got their case uh, to play in this uh, really big fixture against uh, against Man City but now it is not the case so we leave it to, we leave it there with the Champions League it is it has been a really uh, for all the uh, for all the teams who have taken part in it but we have got some really big uh, we have got some really big uh, news uh, as well for with man city as uh, with man city and other teams uh, but we have got some uh, teams who have really qualified for the uh, uh, for, for for the round of 16 we have uh, seen some teams who have already qualified for the uh, uh, who have already qualified for the Europa League so it is going to be very tricky in the uh, next game we have still got to pick out uh, five teams who will be uh, playing in the uh, in the next round so far it is Ajax, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Inter, Juventus, uh, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid and Sporting Lisbon who are other teams who have uh, marked their names onto the uh, onto the pot which will be drawn not very uh, not it's it's not much time until the pot is drawn uh, but no we had other games as well to look at uh, and uh, we will talk about them as well we had uh, a big game in group D between Real Madrid and Sheriff Tiraspol Sheriff Tiraspol losing it by three goals to nil it is uh, another victory for Real Madrid away from home they uh, have annihilated Inter Sheriff and Shakhtar away from home. They've conceded just three and scored twelve goals in the Champions League so far. Uh, they're going to the they're going to go to the next round as group winners if they avoid a defeat at home to Inter. Inter beat Shakhtar Donetsk away uh, at home as well. So those are the two results from Group D. From Group E, as I said, Barcelona, Benfica, they played that game. Young boys in Atalanta, they had a fantastic game. It ended in a 3-3 draw. Not a very big game, to to be honest, but, you know, it was kind of here and there. Uh, Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla, they are in a fix. Uh, and so are Wolfsburg. It's not very much doom and gloom, even for Wolfsburg. They have got their game to play. And that will be against Lille. So it's going to be very, very difficult. Sevilla will take on Red Bull Salzburg. It's 8, 7, 6 and 5 uh, in uh, in the order. And it is Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla and Wolfsburg respectively uh, in the first, second, third and fourth place. It's going to be very tough uh, going into the uh, final match day. So that's it from uh, edition of uh, the One Touch Talks. Uh, be sure to check into my Instagram account and my uh, Twitter account it is weeklypod.ott on Instagram and it's weeklypod underscore ott on Twitter. Uh, be I will be back uh, maybe after this weekend's fixtures. We'll be having uh, big games in uh, in Italy. We have big games in Spain. Some big games even in uh, England. We have Manchester United against Chelsea. We need to talk about that. How the situation falls out for uh, the teams in the Premier League. We'll have to talk about a lot for that matter but we leave it here for today this was your host Mayuresh Matkal thank you very much